Good morning, everyone. My friends, what, we had a visiting priest. Uh, there was a priest who was visiting the area because his friends were here. And uh, he was gracious enough, and with permission of the bishop of our area, uh, he was able to take over Mass for me. So I was, uh, had a light weekend. He did confessions at 3.30. He did the 5.30 p.m. Mass, and he did the 8.30. But he had to get to the airport and return to Ohio. Uh, so you're going to miss out on, uh, on his homily. Um, he's an uh, order of preachers, or also known as a Dominican. And they're, they have a very well reputation for being uh, great homilists and teachers, and he did not fail. Uh, but um, this is my first homily for the day, so <laughs> usually 530 is the guinea pigs for, <laughs> for this. Uh, so my friends, um, our first reading, we hear about the prophet Micah announcing... Um, when Micah was writing this or proclaiming uh, about 8th century B.C., Jerusalem was under siege, and King David's dynasty was in jeopardy. And, uh, but salvation would come from uh, a very insignificant place by their standards. It would come out of this little town called Bethlehem. From there, a new leader would come to gather together the scattered exiles and to unite the nation again once more, and uh, how much we need that for our nation now. My friends, through the lens of Christianity, Christians see this promise as foreshadowing the coming of Jesus, hailed as the Prince of Peace, who was born in Bethlehem, as Micah said. And he did, in fact, descend from the line of David, from the dynasty of King David. And my friends, um, our second reading um, Jesus came not to offer sacrifices of the old law, but to do the will of his Father. He is the one perfect sacrifice that replaces all others. And um, the second reading in this statement uh, that Jesus does not come to offer sacrifices of the old law, but to do the will of God. His sacrifice was essentially obedience, if you will. Obedience, uh, accepting all that his father has asked him, which meant accepting death on the cross. His one perfect sacrifice then transcended and replaced any other type of sacrifice offered before. His sacrifice did what the sacrifices of the Mosaic law were unable to ever do, to bring about reconciliation between God and humanity. And uh, my friends, we see then uh, in the gospel, we have the story of Mary's visitation to her older cousin, Elizabeth. And during that visitation, Elizabeth speaks these wonderful words to Mary, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. This theme of blessedness runs through this gospel this morning, but all throughout the gospel. And, in fact, wonderful things do happen to those who believe. From the scriptures, we have examples. Jesus said to a centurion, an unbeliever, who would become a believer, Go, be it done for you as you have believed. And that centurion's servant was cured of, its, of his illness. There was a woman who had a hemorrhage for many years. And to that woman, 
Jesus says, take heart, woman. Your faith has made you well. And in fact, the illness that plagued her left her, Matthew 9, 22. Uh, Matthew 18, Matthew 8, 13 is the centurion. Two blind men approached Jesus. And Jesus said, according to your faith, may it be done for you. And they got their sight back, Matthew 9, 29. One of the themes of the gospel then is the blessedness of those who believe. All of Jesus' preaching, everything that he did and came to do was to elicit faith in the people's heart and to bring hope and joy back to them. Now, my friends, it is not just a matter of believing, okay, I believe that this guy is, but also acting on that belief, meaning to live one's life according to the belief. It is a question of uh, hearing the word of God and then doing it. And there, that's risky. Look behind me <laughs> on the cross. There are great risks when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you become his disciple. And there are sacrifices that must be made. Better not to proclaim yourself as a follower of Jesus if you really are not. It will not go well for you. Sometimes, my friends, I hear people say to me, because I'm a priest. It's easy for you. You're a priest. You have faith. Well, it's not like that. Faith that does not always make things easy. In fact, it is the opposite that is most likely the case. However, faith impels each one of us to persevere, to struggle on, often with no guarantee of a happy outcome in this life, so I am working towards the next one, because that is eternity. My friends, it was not easy going for Mary, but yet she indeed was blessed. Mary is blessed not only uh, because uh, the angel spoke to her, but because she believed and acted on her belief. Immediately after the visit from Gabriel, the archangel, she went in haste. That's the scriptures where for she hightailed it. To the next town to visit her cousin, who's much older than her. From this we see that her faith was not a matter of sentimentality or a warm, fuzzy feeling. It was something that she converted into deeds and actions. It was a way of life for her. Mary was the first and most perfect disciple of the Lord. And... Um, this is why the church proposes her always uh, as a model of faith for all of us. For all of us. We too will be blessed if we, like Mary, hearken to the word of God and act on it and make our decisions based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. And my friends, in just a few days, we will celebrate the nativity of the Lord. There is this spirit, as most people call it, the spirit of Christmas and a, a feeling about Christmas that can assist the believers to make them stronger in faith and hopefully to the unbelievers, make them a little bit kinder. Definitely. Although I don't see it in the malls and parking lots. According to the news, people have been mean-spirited again this year. But 
In fact, though, this spirit of Christmas somehow makes it easier to trust God at Christmas than any other time because we feel that God is very close to us and very loving towards us. The spirit of Christmas can fill many in a way that makes it a bit easier to smile at others, makes it a bit easier to forgive others, makes it easier to ask for forgiveness of others, to be reconciled, to be more charitable in word and deeds, to once again have hope, love, kindness, friendship become more present to many, and in turn, they make those virtues present uh, to others. Mary would shower Elizabeth with cheerful kindness and unselfish generosity, even before Christmas existed, really. Mary could be said to have manifested the Christmas spirit that we hear so much about. And my friends, uh, in light of having Father Thomas here, and uh, uh, he was so great, I was so grateful because he, I got to sleep in on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, do not think I was not here. I came to help him with the distribution of communion, but I did get to sleep in. But my friends, that brings me, uh, Mary didn't have time to contemplate everything that happened to her in that moment. You know, the angel spoke great things to her. Oh, I'm going to have a baby? Oh, okay. Uh, what? My cousin is, she's like 90. I got to get over there and help her. She didn't have really time to think about this. And just for a moment, I want to talk to you about um, the priests and our priesthood. I find a model of the Christmas spirit and what is expected of the priest at Mass. After presiding, after uh, proclaiming the word and at the Eucharistic prayer, we receive Holy Communion. But the, the priest is required in that moment then to minister the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Eucharist, to his people. He is not allowed the luxury of pausing to thank God for personal devotion, as we are, it is said, or to go to the presider's chair uh, and to sit and to rest on this great gift of God in the Eucharist. My friends, often I suspect with us, the many priests, we want to stop and reflect, and we want to meditate on how he has blessed us in every manner, which is not unlike what happened to Mary when the Son of God became flesh in her womb. Instead, she had to go in haste, in the same way the priest is directed like Mary, to go, as it were, in haste to serve his people immediately. His personal prayer and personal thanks will have to wait until another time. During the season of Christmas that quickly approaches, all Catholics should see then from the liturgy a model of this Christmas spirit. Reflect on what happens to you at Mass, which suggests the spirit of cheerful kindness and unselfish generosity as God has given all to you. My friends, after the homily, a long homily with Father Mark, after the homily and the profession of faith comes, well, actually, Father Thomas preached a long time too, so now I feel better. Um, the petitions of the prayers of the faithful, the universal prayers are offered, and 
They are to be written in such a way that they are unselfish, meaning they are to be intercessory for the sake of others. And my friends, now we have the sign of peace back, and when we are invited to offer the sign of peace, see in that you do not harbor ill will for anyone who is sitting next to you. Rather, you are to have concern and care for them. And my friends, this is the essence of the good news found in the Gospels, in the anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth, the one who walked on this earth and will return again in that same way. God's only begotten one, his gift of love made flesh. At that first Christmas, there were those who believed and those who did not believe. And in 2021, there are those who believe and those who still do not believe. The gospel stresses the blessedness of those who believed in the one who walked with us, Jesus, the good news. The event of Christmas makes it possible for us to enter into a more intimate relationship with God. He came to reconcile humanity with God. And Christmas also beckons us to open our hearts to each other. And in opening our hearts to God and to one another, we are opening ourselves to receive the great joy announced to the shepherds, to Joseph, to Mary. This morning, the Lord himself, in the most holy Eucharist, comes to you. How will you respond to the mystery of the Word made flesh? How will you respond to the Eucharist? Do you do it with faith? with joy in your hearts. In John's Gospel, Jesus said to Thomas, do not be unbelieving, but believe. Blessed indeed are those who believe and act on that belief.